Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We're proud to say that BetDSI have rejoined us once again as one of our keynote sponsors on Three Yards Per Carry. We welcome them and we welcome you to join up with them. The NFL season obviously kicks off at the weekend. The college football season has just got underway, but it's not just limited to football. The baseball playoffs are coming. Uh, there are a myriad of other sports out there that you could bet on. There's entertainment things, there's politics things at BetDSI.com. They have a great app. I've used it myself. I know the boys have used it too. They have a great mobile interface. And you know, this year, you can get 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. That's 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. Use the code YARDS101. As always, YARDS101. Bet DSI for all of your betting needs and other ones that you probably didn't even know existed. Yards 101 with Bet DSI. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. But before we go on with today's episode, let me tell you about a great sponsor of the Three Yards Per Carry podcast, and that is AutoNation. If you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle, AutoNation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast, and their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much, much more. If you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-priced pre-owned vehicles. They're all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price, guaranteed. Or if you just want to get rid of that old car, turn it in for cash today. Get a top dollar offer and check the same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. Is your check engine light on? Right now, get their services you need at low AutoNation prices. Oil changes, tires, batteries, and more. All for less. Call or visit AutoNation.com to schedule your appointment today. If you are in the market for a new car, DM us at 3 yards per carry. That's at the number 3 yards per carry on Twitter. And I'll give you an AutoNation senior manager your info so they can reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying process. Now, on with the show. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. 
and we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards with Carry. I have Simon Clancy here with me. I have Chris Kaufman here with me. Well, different week, same shit. Simon, you saw this game. Uh, it's it's the same script. They play okay. It's kind of entertaining for a quarter and a half. The other team realizes they're in a football game, and they proceed to annihilate the Dolphins. Yeah, you pretty much called it. I mean, same shit different game. I mean, I think it's staggering when you take into consideration a couple of factors and, you know, competitive enough in the first half, but the lack of half-time adjustments I find astonishing and we'll get to, I know Kenyon Drake talked about it, you know, and, and that's something that New England have done so well. And given that we've got some New England coaches, it seems surprising that that's not the case. Um, I think that no points in the second half is one of the most staggering things I've heard ever in the NFL. You know, I think we're going to outscore 86 to nothing in the second half of games. I find that phenomenal. And in the last two weeks of the season, our fourth, our second half yardage output has been 13 and 15 total yards, mm-hmm. which is, you know, is high school level. And you look at what the Chargers were able to do, close mm-hmm. game, moved away. But what they were able to do so well is, and again, we'll get into it, but Chris and I were talking about this earlier, is defensively, the, the underneath coverage was so diabolically bad that mm-hmm. I, I think I genuinely think I could have, you know, without, without fear of being, being hit by players, I think I could have completed passes against the defensive coverage that we had because there was so uh, yeah, the eight, windows, ten, the windows in the NFL are usually two, three yards at best. These five, were eight, eight yards, eight, 10 and, yard windows. It's insane. And at eight, 10, 12, 14 yards down the field, Guys were just wide open again and again and again. And you look at the play. No Melvin Gordon, no Jackson, no Mike Williams, no Hunter Henry, no Russell Oku, no Adrian Phillips, no uh, Derwin James. The kicker was injured. I mean, there's eight. And I think I've probably missed two or three off there. No, and Inman <laughs> was kind of hobbled early on oh, in the yeah. game too. Uh, I mean, so they were basically any other team. one healthy wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any other team. You know, they the, the Chargers would have been in trouble. But against us, you know, it's a 20-point victory and it could have been more. I just yeah. I just thought, it would, you know, but it's, you know, it's part of the course. And I'm, I'm, listen, <laughs> I'm happy about it. We were all texting each other back and forth going, oh, this is a bit too close. <laughs> you know, especially when, uh, especially when two accounts for seven touchdowns on Saturday to, to all yeah. of a sudden be in a 10-10 tie at home thinking, oh, God, this is, you know. I yeah. literally fist. I literally fist bumped, uh, uh, or fist pumped the air yeah. when the Chargers went ahead uh, by two touchdowns. Just to, the you know. seedy underbelly, of, underbelly of the tank season. Is yeah, the seedy, say, yeah, the yeah. seedy yeah. underbelly of fandom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me say, I was watching. <laughs> I, I was watching but... bits and pieces of the Giants and and Redskins, and for a while there, I was really concerned. Mm. especially after Rosen connects with, with Devontae Parker. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? The Redskins might be bad. Then they confirm it. And then Dwayne Haskins comes in. I get happy. But then he throws three interceptions. Nice. But then I watch this in the second half. And a feeling of elation comes over me. It's like we're a second half team. Yes. We're a yeah. second half team. <laughs> and there's nothing the Redskins can do about it. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> See you in two weeks, Washington. Oh, I found interesting as well. As well, very briefly before Chris comes in, it is that Dolphins fans seem to think that you know we're we're okay, we're doing okay, and we're we're this little train that can and whatever. And I think the general national, but the national media, we're the little train that derails and kills all the passengers. Yeah, exactly. To to be fair, there were no passengers on board. Um, (laughs) But but the national, you look at you know the 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 national columns on a Monday, the Peter Kings, the Albert Breers. I mean, these guys are statistically tearing apart i mean the dolphins historically this is the hundredth season of the the nfl there haven't been more than one or two teams worse in a hundred years of the game people say oh the browns two years ago were tanking or the we are the browns two years ago would have beaten us like a drum the lions would have kicked our ass i mean you have to go back to like night something like 1927 to find a team that we probably could be competitive against and they had three women and a dog playing and it, it's yeah. astonishing to me think, think about it like are. this because i had this argument uh, with somebody online the other day and they were telling me i saw the they were telling me i saw the the owen 16 lions those lions were terrible okay those lions had john kitna roy williams you remember roy, roy williams yeah. Oh, yeah. And Calvin Johnson, that wide receiver, what would have they have done to, to our secondary oh, man. in a football game? Because remember, guys, you, you got to score points to win games, right? Like, that's that's kind of how the scoreboard works. Like, they give you the win. Like, if you put up more points than the other team, this team is incapable. It just can't score to win. So, I, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I hate to come off as cocky, but I think we, we might have this in the bag. And we might have it in the bag early. Ooh, be don't, careful. Don't make, don't make, you make me nervous there. Yeah, just now you made me nervous. Okay, okay. Josh Rosen. I was not. I was not nervous point. until just now. But <laughs> go on. Sorry. I think you brought up. I think you brought up the point though that you know a lot of people want to see us as the little engine that could, or you know the you know, they're improving, or they're they're doing they're doing better, they're doing well. Josh Rosen is looking good. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake got back on a little bit. They stopped the run this week. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. They lost by less, uh, 30 to 10. Um, and, and it's, it's staggering to me when you really look at it and you see just how far away they are from playing winning football in any period of time, first quarter, second quarter, first half versus second half. They're really far from playing winning football because the other team is still doing whatever they want against us with impunity. And that's, that's the point that you see when you see the Chargers game and, and you say in the first half, you know, oh, yeah, we even took a lead at one point and stuff like that. And I get, I get it, but it's, it's because these teams, for three games in a row now, the team facing us knows that we're so bad that this is so in the bag. That they can can shorten up, they can shorten up the game as you know to make it as quickly to make it over as quickly as they can. Get out of here without injuries because that's their biggest aim. Because this is practically a preseason game for them, Um, and and that's what they're doing. We we had this argument earlier about you know are the Dolphins playing winning football in the first half, at least defensively, in the first half or not over the last three games. And what's staggering to me is to look at it is New England only had four real drives in the first half. And the Chargers only had four real drives in the first half. And the Cowboys had five. 
for drives in the first half. These are low numbers of drives for a half. Like, like Miami has only faced in the first half of these games a total of like 13 drives that meant anything. And they're allowing, they're allowing about the same points per drive in those drives in the first half as they are in the second half. So the whole thing where the defense is actually kind of showing up a little bit in the first half is an illusion. It's just an illusion, and it's based on what the other team has decided to do because they don't have the low number of drives because of Miami's great ball control offense. All right, they don't have the low number of drives because, you know, because we're taking it away from them or anything like that. They have the low number of drives because they're choosing to. They're choosing to run out the clock. They're choosing to take time off and shorten the game so that they get out of here without any injuries. And they're hitting us with body blows. I mean, you know, for all the people that say that Miami did better against the run this week because they're looking at the the numbers, they're looking at the average. um, Well, I would say you got to look at the plays and you got to look situationally because when it's a second and three or a second and two and they run for, you know, the first down, that's a successful play. And it's and it's what they intended to do, and I think that uh, the the Chargers were successful on half or better of the runs, just like the Cowboys were a week ago, even in the first half when people were kind of touting. You know, the Cowboys were still successful on sixty percent of the runs last week in the first half, um, and that doesn't even include the garbage yards at the end of half. Uh, so I, I think that they're so far away from winning. Football is sequential in nature. And so your strategy and your outcomes are, are conditional based on what has happened earlier in the game. And that mean, that, what that means is that the Dolphins in the first half, what's happening in this first half is leading to these second halves. And so you can't really separate them and say, oh, well, if they just played better in the second half, you know, it's, it's one leads to the other. They're not playing winning football in either half. And at any part of the game against any opponent, they've had three home games for Christ's sakes. <laughs> three out of the four games have been at home. <laughs> yeah, and and they've not they've not played winning football in any aspect of the game, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, mm. and let me ask let me ask something to, to Simon, and then you could chime in, Chris. I've I've already got my my little every year I, I watch the team, and there's always one player that kind of bothers me. And I kind of found that player this year, and it has to be Jerome Baker. Only one? Well, one particular one. <laughs> Take your pick. Because wow. this, year, this year, there's really only one guy that's, well, actually playing better, according to Pro Football Focus, and that's Raekwon McMillan. Yesterday, he had a huge hit. And, yeah, for the most part, Raekwon McMillan has looked fine. Okay? He's looked okay. But there's one player in particular this year that's just – he bothers me as I watch him, and that's Jerome Baker. Simon – I watched Jerome Baker knife into the backfield, make a great tackle in the backfield for a three-yard loss on Austin Eckler. On the next play, he comes off off the edge, forces Phillip Rivers to step up into pressure up the middle. He looks great for two plays. And then there's four or five plays in a row where you're wondering, what is he doing? Does he understand the defense he's playing in? And where is he? Like, I don't understand what's happening with him. What do you see with him? Do you think it's just he's uncomfortable with the system? Something that we yeah, I think it's on in the preseason. I, I think it's. Uh, it, it feels like it's obviously too soon for him. We said, "Oh, this is now Jerome Baker's defense," and I hold my hands up. I certainly said that, but like you say, there just seems to be. He just doesn't seem to be able to 
to do the things that we expected him to do. We were like, oh, he's going to be able to blitz and he doesn't get home. You know, he can't get off a block. He, you know, he's moved out of running lanes. Like you say, Raquel McMillan has been the more, has been the, the bigger presence, the better player. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a fact. Um, and I'm not sure what it is with Baker. And we did, I have to say that we did all question given his size, just quite how he was going to fit in. I mean, he's a very undersized New England linebacker if that's the system that we're, we're taking on board. Um, and it feels like it's showing out a little bit. And, you know, but we were told all through the summer, this is the guy that they love. This is the player that they love. You know, and it's, uh, I mean, Chris summed it up perfectly with, with Equivan. We've been sold a bill of goods on him as well because, you know, he yeah. runs around and he works hard. But, I mean, does he do anything? He doesn't. It doesn't really. Uh, and those two guys are supposed to be on the field because they can cover. And it goes back to the point that we made earlier on that, you know, the underneath is so wide open and they are part of that responsibility for that area of the field. So, yeah. no, I think he, I, I agree. I mean, there's been a lot of disappointing players, but he's, he's certainly right up there. And he's got talent as well. So, you know, it, it's, you know, because you can point to it, quite a few of them and say, you know what? These are almost like strike player replacement players. It's almost like we, we there's a strike season mm-hmm. and the Dolphins have been uh, have been told that they can have replacement players. But Baker's a proper Baker's a player. Baker played mm-hmm. well last year. You know, mm-hmm. however way you slice it, he played well last year. But he's not playing very well this year, and it's unfortunate because you think he would be one of one of the two or three on that defensive unit. You know, Godchild's playing well. You'd, you'd hope Wilkins continues to kick on. Yeah, he's, to be fair, he's actually to, turned it up. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with you know the progression that of Chris yeah. Wilkins. To, to be fair to Taco Charon, he didn't play too badly. You know, he had, he had no, a that was a plays. beautiful rush. He, he got a, he had a he had a legit sack. Like yeah, yeah was, he did. It was against a tight end, but it was it was against a tight end. But yeah, still, but he disposed of the tight end like he should. And absolutely, it, it was McMillan, a good play. McMillan's playing. McMillan's playing pretty well whenever he hits the field, seems to be playing well. And they're rushing from the Sam side as well. And he looked good at that. Certainly played very well you know, when he was on the field against New England. The area of strength that we all thought coming into the season, the secondary has been pretty abject. I don't think Xavier Howe's playing very well at all. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, Baker's just a big part of the problem. And if we're building a defense around Jerome Baker, given the first four games of the season, then God help the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that going back, you you mentioned the point. We all kind of question the fit a little bit with Jerome Baker, just based on his size and his skill set. Uh, listen, is he really going to be Kyle Van Noy? Is he really going to be nice. Donta Hightower? I mean, that's and yet everything we were hearing was that yeah, they're going to try and make him do that, and and it's so we're like, well, I don't know how that's going to work, and yet for OTAs, mini camps, training camp preseason all together they did their absolute damnedest to convince us that this was working and this was going to be awesome and that he can he can do all these things and you know what he did play well in the preseason so in in a lot of these roles in front of us but preseason is what it is I guess um so I you know I feel bad that we started to buy into it a little bit even against you know our better our better thoughts on this because at the beginning of this we're like, listen, or at least I, I said it many times, you know, Jerome Baker, he's going to have a step back this year. They're going to, this is a square peg in a round hole and this is not going to work out too well. It's actually Raekwon McMillan that I thought might step up and do better this year and, and, he's playing and well. do well this year in this style of defense, because he is, you know, the only thing he can be relied on to do is he is a plugger. against Tackle, the run. Yeah. Yeah, I think and, he might be the best player on the team through the first four weeks of the season. 
I mean, he's, he's done really well with what they've asked him to do and what they've asked him to do is the key, right? Cause they don't, they're not asking a ton from him. Um, And I think that that's when you see the good players, you know, before he was traded, Minka Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard's taken his lumps, you know, Jerome Baker's taken his lumps. They've sort of internally uh, keyed on who their good players are and they're asking their good players to bail everybody's water out. And, and I think that that's, that puts them in bad positions and they're, they're not up to the task. They're not really elite. Well, I mean, I, I hate to say that about Xavier Howard or somebody like that, but I mean, they're, they weren't up to the task and certainly Xavier wasn't up to the task against Amari last week. And, um, and Jerome Baker hasn't been up to the task covering people underneath as we've talked about. And, uh, and doing all the things that they've been asking them to do. It's unfortunate. Uh, so it's only going to continue, though. I don't see it abating. No. Mm. And which brings us to our, our our favorite subject on the podcast, and that's Josh Rosen. And I think it's fair to say the trade was a bad trade, Simon. Would you say that right now? It was a waste um, of second round pick? Um, I'm not sure. I think, you know, look, I, I think we all have to be a bit careful. Mm-hmm. In terms of look, I, he hasn't played great, but he's had some flashes. But I think we all have to be a and little bit careful. And it's been two careful. games, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think we have to be a little bit careful of sort of unconscious bias in a mm-hmm. way. In that, to a greater or lesser degree, we all were slightly questioned the trade. You guys hated it a bit more than I did. I was a little bit blasé about it, but thought, okay, let's see how it plays out. But all three of us are very, 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 very much. In the in the tour camp, we all love Tonga Vailoa, and we are all desperate for Miami to draft it. We're all big Jordan Love fans to a greater or lesser degree. We like a lot of it. We all, all pretty much like from Jacob Eason showing up, Justin Herbert. We see attributes of, you know, we we're, you can talk up Burrow, you can talk up Jalen Hurts, whatever. But I do think we just have to be a little bit careful around the Rosen thing as a triumvirate, as the three of us, in just thinking mm. we're just going to slag him off regardless because we want we we don't want him to succeed do we ultimately because if he looks good in week by week 16 and then we're all like shit what what if they just decide to take andrew thomas and do you know what i mean so we're kind of i I do well if he he looks really good we win a couple of games and then then we don't have a choice about to yeah but i feel subconsciously that we're all three of us and i and i get also that there are clearly listeners out there who don't feel the same way that we do that feel like Rosen has played all right and that he deserves more of a chance. So, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, we're in that very difficult place of trying to be objective, but knowing that our objectivity might just be skewed a little bit because we fucking love this kid at Alabama and we think he's going to be absolutely sensational. And we just, even before the podcast started listeners, we just spent 20 minutes messaging each other back and forth, showing clips about, you know, uh, and a particular play against Old Miss that Tua did, where he avoided the rush, scrambled to his left, and hit Jerry Judy over three defenders for for a twenty-five yard gain on third and eight. And we're literally like, there's three quarterbacks in the world that can do that: Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks who can do one, uh, avoiding the quarterback. There's a lot of them that can do part two, which is the scramble. And there's a few of them that can make can make the throw. There's three of them that can do all three together, and uh, and that for us is that's what we're grasping onto through all this shit that we've been through over the last six, seven months. Yeah. That's what we're grasping onto. And we're just like, I do feel like we have to just be slightly careful with how we manage our, we have a responsibility, I suppose, to just make sure that we're being honest and fair to Josh. And that, like Chris says, 
it's only been two games and yeah. he has got some elite level terrible talent. I mean, if we had, a, if we, if we had an, if we had an Olympiad for shit players, we'd be bringing home all the gold medals. I mean, the offensive line, I mean, it's the most putrid offensive line I think I've ever seen since the strike season of 19, genuinely since the strike season of 1987. I mean, I saw people talking about Isaiah Prince yesterday and then I watched the game back and I was like, I've seen turnstiles at Premier League football grounds who are less efficient in getting people round and through than Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah Prince was. Or parking I mean, pylons. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a ter- skill position players, you know, same. So I do think we just have to be a bit careful of that sort of slightly unconscious bias when it comes to Rosen. Because ultimately, really, harsh as it sounds, we kind of don't want him to do well because we want the golden cherry. Yeah, but it's a fair, yeah. it's a fair point that Chris just, just made right now, which is everybody was saying, okay, no, you know, he's not getting a fair shot. Well, here's his mission. If he wants a fair shot, he could keep Tua Tungavailoa off of this team by going out and winning two games. Now he has 14 shots at it. Can he mm-hmm. do it? Yeah. If he does that's, it, that's totally he fair. Tua off the team, right? And he's yeah, himself a fair shot against Justin Herbert or a Jake. If Trump he wins, then it's Love. like, yeah, then it's, it's Jordan Love or Justin Herbert. And, and that's the, it, maybe a more it, winnable matchup for him. But yeah. then I suppose the other part of the unconscious bias is saying that, you know, look at what he's got to work with. It's mm-hmm. tough to elevate yourself when you're playing behind the worst offensive line in maybe a decade. You're running yes. backs, and therefore they can't open up holes for your running backs. And therefore, you know, the secondary is flooded because guys are, you, you, you know, you know that they can't run on you because the offensive line can't open holes. So you can, you know, you can afford to play more people in coverage and therefore he has less, op- you know, and he's throwing to not particularly great wide receiver. You know, Jakeem's got the hamstring, Albert's out, Preston is an undrafted free agent. We all know about the inconsistency of Devontae Parker. Isaiah Ford is a practice squad kid. You, do you know what I mean? It, and I'm not, I'm not defending him at all because, you know, he, he is the maker of his own destiny. But there are, there are issues, there's a little asterisk next to some of the performances, I think, that we probably have to just be a bit careful that we make sure that we are aware of that asterisk moving forwards yeah, uh, as, much, as much as we want him to lose. Yeah, although I would say this. That's the, the, these skill players are the exact same skill players that an offense led by Brock Osweiler put up 580 yards on the number one defense Chicago Bears last year. Hmm. So well, I well, think there's enough to be competent well, as far as skill guys go. I agree. I, I think you just have to look at And I, there's, of course, there's an asterisk with all of these players around around him and there always will be and you have to understand that it can't be as good as it could be because of that um but that doesn't mean that you can't look at the player in isolation and see whether he's whether he's doing his job yeah and i you know, i looked i looked very closely at the the cowboys game i looked a little closely at this game and what you see is especially in the first half of these games he's got plays i mean he's got plays where he's doing where he's doing it really well and he's making a, a pretty good throw. Uh, I wouldn't say, you know, like a great throw or, or a great play. I mean, a great play, Simon, you just labeled a great play. What we saw when the corner came out on a blitz on Tua Tungabailoa against Ole Miss, and Tua just like baited him with the ball and then made him miss and then scrambled out to his left and, and threw a dart, you know, 25 yards down the field in between three defenders. You know, that's – that's a great play. <laughs> okay. This guy was unblocked and he just, he baited him and made him miss. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. 
or yesterday. Um, I don't know if you guys saw play. it. You guys saw it, but did you see Gardner Minshew avoid oh. three sacks and then complete a touchdown in the corner of the end zone? Right. So I mean, it, they're 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 great plays. Well, I, I think that Josh Rosen has made some some good plays. Not really made a lot of great plays, and he's also failed at a lot of plays. I mean, you look at him in isolation. You say, did you? Did you time that right? No, he didn't time that right. Were you aware of the things that you needed to be aware of? No, he wasn't really. I mean, we're hey, there are some sacks that he's going to take, and you understand it. I mean, there are sacks that I have him take, and I'm like, well, that's no fault of your. You couldn't do anything there. Um, but there are also plays that you're just like, you know, okay, you need to show a little bit better awareness of passing lanes there. You need to show, you know, better timing, anticipation on your throw, or you need to just actually hit the throw. Um, he he did a lot of that against the Cowboys, and he did a lot of it again this week, especially in the second. And this goes to the point of these second halves of the game, and can can they play the second half the way that they they played it in the first half? Well, the first answer is no, because the defense isn't necessarily doing better in the first half than they are in the second half. But the first the second answer is also no, because Josh Rosen has been abysmal in these two second halves. I mean, we, we look at it and we say, you know, oh, he looked all right in the first half where he had some plays and he did some, he had some moments. But in the second half, he clearly was bad in both games. And I think what is happening is as opposed to the offense, you know, failing to make an adjustment here or there, I think the defenses that we're seeing are making adjustments on him individually. Yeah. And I think you saw it with Michael Davis, the corner in this game he clearly had something on film on josh rosen that and he was he was baiting him you could see it in his coverage he was baiting him on several throws at least three or four different throws uh, michael davis was was baiting him in that way um and and i think that that's that could be what's happening at halftime and that could be why he's falling apart in these second halves is he's showing the same tendencies and that goes down to do you have the ability to process the field at the blinding speed that you really need to in order to do one of the hardest things in all of sport, which is to be a franchise quarterback at the NFL level. Uh, I'm not sure that he does. But at the same time, I don't want to cry victory after two games. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll wait and we'll see. But the needle is where it is. And I feel pretty comfortable about our ability to judge where that needle is, in, even in isolation you know and if that makes sense so that's that's kind of where i am on him i'm not going to be overly optimistic about him for the rest of the year yeah i don't want to cry victory either but the champ the, the champagne is bought but it's not ice just yet okay not yet i need to see us against the redskins first <laughs> all right simon i'm i guess infamous for proclaiming the New England Patriots dead and buried every single year on this podcast for the two years that this podcast has been going. And good Lord, was I, I was this close to opening the show today with a proclamation of the New England Patriots being dead and buried. Instead, we had Matt Barkley running around there, who I had no idea was still in the league, trying to carry the flag for the rest of the NFL. Did you see any of this game, and what did you make of this? Yeah, I saw bits of it. I mean, what, what I find interesting is that the, the Patriot, and I can't think back, even in the Richard Seymour, Teddy Bruschi, Ty Law era, that Bill Belichick has had a defense as dominant as mm -hmm. this. And what he's got is, 
he's got the best cornerback, <clears throat> excuse me, in the NFL in Stefan Gilmore. What he's now got in JC Jackson, um, who was a free agent, is a guy that can match up. Yeah, two interceptions. He had the block punt. He's playing really, really well at a really high level. You've also got Devin McCourty, who's so experienced and so athletic. And a guy we've talked about at Infinite and both personally and on the podcast, Patrick Chung, who's the key to that entire defense. Um, is such a valuable player. And I think people, you know, again, it goes back to that unconscious bias. People don't really see Patrick Chung as the people like, who, you know, he's terrible. I remember when he was a deep safety, he was terrible. Well, he wasn't very good as a deep safety. And they, they changed his position. And now he's arguably one of the most elite, unique players, defensive players in the NFL. He is absolutely pivotal to what they do. You look at the Carl Van Noy, you look at Lawrence Guy, the performances that they're getting out of him. Defensively, they're outstanding. I, I actually don't think that they're... I think Tom Brady has become a game manager. Um, he hasn't played very well. His numbers yesterday were atrocious. A lot of that's credit to Sean McDermott and that defense because that Buffalo defense is absolutely legitimate. I think they've got mm. probably the two best stack linebackers in the NFL in, in, together in the tandem in, in um, Edmonds and, and Matt Milano, who are superb. Tredavious White, I think, is one of the best corners in the NFL. They're getting great work out of me, Mike Hyde and, uh, and those guys. Um, but I, I don't think that they're unbeatable, the Patriots, but they've got, they've got to be beatable. You know, you've got to... You, I, I think you've got to have a better quarterback play than Josh Allen, who performed very badly to the point where, you know, before he, the, the terrible headshot that he took. And look, Matt Barkley drove the... You know, they had... Frank Gore had fourth... You know, it was stuffed on fourth and goal um, to go in for a touchdown. And then Barkley was picked off in the end zone when they were trading 16-10 and, and driving potentially to win the game. So... Yeah. Maybe the Patriots aren't the dragon that we, we thought they were, but they, it's going to need seriously strong defensive play and terrific offense. And I'm not entirely sold that there's a team out there that's, you know, the Chiefs are brilliant offensively. I don't think the Chiefs are good enough defensively necessary to, to really put the Patriots under pressure. I, that, that would concern me. Um, so we shall see. But, you know, that defense is so good. So good, and the and, Chiefs um, were and the Chiefs were thoroughly, thoroughly outplayed by the Detroit Lions yesterday. They were, but you know, again, winning games that you're not playing very well in is a, a critical, Absolutely. a critical factor in any sport, whether you're a tennis player, or a golfer, or a soccer player, or whatever. And yeah, that's I, what, I had that, even that, forgotten what, what it was like. I, I had forgotten what it was like to watch Patrick Mahomes not play well because I've never he seen didn't him, him not play well yesterday, which is bizarre. Yeah, he didn't look all that great yesterday. He was missing guys. You know, uh, of course, you know, he had he had the, the injury bug has been biting that team, but he's been able to overcome it. He didn't in that game. He didn't look all that great. Chris, uh, your comments on the New England Patriots living on once again. Well, I'm stuck on Patrick Mahomes now because you mentioned him and he was <laughs> he was not he was very disappointing to me. I was counting on them to cover. I mean, this is only the second time Mahomes has thrown in a dome, which means that he probably could have thrown the football through the roof of it if he wanted to i mean he just you know that's that's the kind of arm he has i was expecting a lot from him and uh and it was it was a little bit of a struggle i was i was watching that game i was paying attention but anyway the patriots um i'm not i'm not buying i'm not buying this i'm not buying it i never did in any time that you brought it up in the past you know and and i'm not buying it now i will never buy the patriots in september as what the patriots are in december i mean that's just a fact i mean that mm. when how often do we end up falling for this and they struggle in one or two games in september and then it's and then it's like oh yeah you know the the patriots yeah, they're done 
Yeah, and, but, but this no 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 no. Didn't this you is think that this the, was the like Patriots. A, a Patriots in game? September. No, this is Patriots in September. This is the, this is and the, the preseason. For them, it's the preseason. I mean, that's what 100%. it is. I mean, you're looking at the looking at the first game. Of, remember, a long time ago, this was gosh, this was when they ditched Lawyer Malloy, and they um, they lost to Buffalo on the first game of the season. It was something like thirty-one to nothing. Or I, I, it was it was ridiculous. Um, this is this is the preseason for the Patriots. Do not buy it. Do not eat the cheese. I mean, this is no, no, absolutely not. They are by the time December come rolls around, they're going to be rolling on all cylinders and um and beating teams now if there is one team in the afc that i would pay attention to and actually this is going to happen before we get to the playoffs so it'll be good it'll be good to look at is november 3rd at at on a night game hmm. the patriots are going to play the baltimore ravens and with the ravens new style of offense i'm just curious how that's going to work out versus the new england defense which is clearly shutting down a lot of teams right now and doing really well but, but i'm curious yeah well I, yeah they now the they didn't look so good against the cleveland browns yesterday yeah I don't but know. I mean, they gave they, they gave the killed. chiefs they gave the chiefs a great run uh they gave the chiefs a great run and they gave obviously they beat the cardinals and they they whooped the hell out of us I, I think that it's a different style of offense, and I'm wondering how it's going to look against the Patriots because that's Simon. You brought up the key. You know, it's it's got to be. It's one thing if you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, and you're just like, okay, is he just going to outscore them? Um, well, maybe they've got the defense to make sure that he can't right this year. The New England Patriots yeah. do. But what if? It, and it's do do these teams have a full game? Um, that that they can present on both sides of the ball. Well, the Baltimore Ravens have a pretty good defense, I think, generally speaking. Uh, last game notwithstanding. Um, so, you know, the, I think that they can get after Tom Brady a little bit, and I'm just wondering if something about that Ravens offense and the different way that it is structured ends up stumping the Patriots. That's my curiosity. But otherwise, the Patriots, no. I mean, they're – it's going to be probably Patriots and Chiefs in the AFC Championship and, and probably Patriots in the Super Bowl and probably winning. They might even have a better team this year than they did last year, yeah. and they won the Super Bowl last year. If I was the Chiefs, I would make that deal for Jalen Ramsey because I, that, that to me feels like a deal that mm. could potentially, mm-hmm. potentially shore up that defense to a, you know. I mean, because that, that, that offense is going to have to score 30-plus to ensure winning games in January. I, I get that that's what Mahomes does, but you know, at some point the rubber meets the road, doesn't it? In terms of just yeah. the defense has just got to hold up at some point, and it doesn't. You know, Chris Jones has had a slower start to the season. You know, um, Frank Clark is playing well, but the, you know, Tyron Matthews playing well, but the, it just doesn't feel like they're quite they're quite there. And I think Ramsey would, you know, if this is, you know, you could this that, that's a deal that could potentially push them over the top. There's not necessarily a first-round pick that's going to do that. You know, why wouldn't you potentially look at at, at that? Mm. Yeah, I got to make. Yeah, they should sell out for know. it. I mean, yeah, yeah. You don't I know how make- often we saw with Dan Marino's career. You know, just because you have a, a great quarterback doesn't mean you're always going to the Super Bowl every year. The Dolphins I- went to the Super Bowl very early in Marino's career, and he thought, you know, we'll get here several more times, and then it yeah. never happened. So I, I think three. Three teams with big time, well, actually four teams, I think, with big time defenses and the offenses to worry the Patriots, I, I think, would be Dallas, 
who've got an outstanding mm. defense, great cornerbacks, great defensive line, and you know, offensively uh, can you know can play and can run the ball with that offensive line. I think Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia showed a lot the other night against Green Bay. I think defensively they're a good team. I thought Carson Wentz looked terrific. I think the Packers have got a, have got an outstanding defense, and we know that, that offense can can work. Uh, they would be teams that would make me think, okay, and New Orleans, obviously. Well, the New Drew Orleans, I mean, Breeze is going to be good back and eventually, If you get right? Drew Breeze back, that, I mean, that defense, that secondary, Marshawn Latimer was absolutely glove-like last night all over Amari Cooper. Um, they're playing all well at the second level. All over Amari Cooper is the, is the operative word, as in yeah. all over, as in a lot of pass interferences that get called last night. Yeah, I thought, I thought you, I, I, I have to admit, I applaud the officials. I thought they let them they let them play. Yeah, they that, that looked like that looked yeah, like I a agree. playoff officiating game. Yes, yes. You know, yeah, but you they, look let at, they got physical. They let them play football. Sh- I agree. They with got you. Sheldon Rankins back last night. Rankins is such a good player. Onya Matter is a really good player. Marcus Davenport is is progressing nicely. Um, Cam Jordan is obviously still an absolutely one of the elite players in the NFL. I think the Saints could. You know, it's teams that you just think, okay, can they match up defensively with the Patriots? And have they got enough firepower on offense? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's no team in the AFC, but. I do feel like there might be one or two teams in the NFC that could do that. Well, the team in the AFC, you know, unless it's, unless it's the chiefs, I, I, I think you got to figure that we haven't seen the team yet, you know, like, because, because yeah. these teams sort of develop as the season goes on mm. and, um, and they, they start looking a little bit different in December than they did maybe in September. And, and that's why, especially we're only the first two weeks of the season, are practically throwaway as far as what they mean for the rest of the season, in my opinion. Uh, and and yeah. this is this goes for, you know, trying to forecast and and pick against the spread and stuff like that. The first two weeks of the season are just plain funky. Yeah, totally. You, and and then you see these total reversals happen after after what you think what you thought you learned from the first two weeks, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to forget quickly. Um, so I, I think that we're, we're still a little bit off that, right? We're still only a couple of weeks off of that, that sort of throwaway period. And so we haven't seen, you know, what Baltimore is going to look like eventually what, um, a team like, you know, maybe the chargers are going to look like eventually or Houston. We haven't seen what Houston is going to eventually look like, uh, when, by the time we get to the season's end. By the way, how scary is it that the, the Browns paid all that money and draft picks for Jamie Collins, and then the Patriots got him back for pennies on the dollar, and he's oh, man. probably the best defensive player in the NFL in the first four weeks, along with um, along with Shakir, uh, uh, the Barrett kid in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, Shaq Collins, Barrett. Yeah. Shaq, but I think I think Collins has something like three interceptions, two forced fumbles, five sacks. He's leading the Patriots in tackles. I mean, the guy's absolutely everywhere. He's a machine. That's such a Belichick. It's, it really is. That's the sort of deal that he just makes you just really hate the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Well, which brings us to the biggest threat to the Miami Dolphins tank job, as it were, and that's the Washington Redskins. Simon, you saw some of this. I watched some of it. I was terrified the more I watched it. And then I saw Dwayne Haskins come in. I got very happy because I thought that the comeback was on. He proceeds to throw three interceptions and generally looks like crap in the game. Are you concerned, yeah. Simon? Oh, it's such an interesting one. Am I concerned? Yes. Um, I was concerned that Haskins is into the games quicker than I hoped he would be. And I say that in terms of that's clearly 
operation because I because there was a report out at the back end of last week that the coaches for the front office were very, very keen on him playing as quickly as possible. Obviously, Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, uh, Jay Green is kind of on his last legs. The concern for me is that if Haskins plays badly throughout the season... Is that going to make that uh, they're going to be? If he plays badly, they're going to that, that's going to put them firmly in the tour race. I, I, I do believe that. I do believe Dan Snyder is the sort of guy who would just say, mm-hmm. "Fuck it, let's just let's just draft tour because Haskins has been pretty average in fourteen games. Obviously, they missed Terry McLaurin yesterday, who's had a really good start to the season. He was injured yeah. in a hamstring. Um, I, I suppose the 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 saving grace could be if the front office and look, Bruce Allen isn't going anywhere. I doubt Doug Williams is going anywhere. Dan Snyder isn't going anywhere. It's such a difficult one. It's such a, but I do think, you know, and this game in two weeks' time, it concerns me that they've got Trent Williams on the roster, but, you know, isn't playing. You know, he's a really good player, one of the elite left tackles in the NFL. Um, and I don't think Gruden will last very long. Do they, get a, do they get a bump from a new head coach? You know, head coach comes in and maybe get two or three wins because, you know, there's a new voice in the building and that sort of thing. I really hope that... Case Keenum starts the game against the Dolphins because I think Case Keenum is a better player um, at this point than than um, than Haskins. But they, yeah, they concern me. They do concern me, and I didn't think they would. But Colt McCoy, Chris, what do you think? Colt McCoy also complicates it because he's going to come yeah. back, and they're going to. I mean, they they've said there are already signs that you know it's it's not as settled as just Dwayne Haskins starting for the right. rest of the year. It's Colt McCoy is going to come back and he complicates the whole position. And I don't know how good he's going to be either. Um, quite frankly, I think Case Keenum is probably their best bet for trying to win games, but their defense is, is their best bet for trying to win games really. Um, Cause they, they do have a good players in defense. They do have good players on that yeah. defense. So I think that that's, that's what we got to hope for. Um, you know, maybe if Trent Williams does come back, who knows? Terry McLaurin is a player. We know that. Yeah. Um, he's he's legitimate. And we know that Adrian Peterson, you know, if he plays, um, then he can be pretty good too. Uh, two good so, tight ends and yeah, Sheriff two, on the offensive line. Right. Kerrigan and Landon Collins. and It's really just, you know, are they going to be good enough to beat us and uh, in two weeks against the Dolphins? And, um, and right now I just – the Dolphins are still so bad. They're still so far away mm. that um, that I have a hard time believing that the Dolphins are going to come out and win that game. But it is coming off the bye, and so there there might. They've be got some- a tough schedule as well. The Redskins tough. Yeah, they the do. Yeah, they're playing the Patriots. Right? against the Patriots. Oh. They got the they got the Patriots and us. Mm. Then the Forty Nineers are unbeaten. Then the Vikings. Well, then that's the part of. That's part of the good thing, though, because their strength of schedule is such that they're yeah. never going to get picked. They're never going to get the pick over us if we have the yeah. same record. So that's yeah. the Vikings, the yeah, Bills. I think, uh, I think it's the, pretty apparent we lose that game to to the Redskins. Man, we got the inside track, and there's not much anybody else can do about it. I, I mean, their last their last six games are home against the Lions, on the road against the Panthers, on the road against the Packers. On the road against the Eagles, home against the Giants, on the road against the Cowboys. All contenders except the Giants, and the Giants now have Daniel yeah. Jones. And the Giants and have Daniel Jones. Well, yeah. yeah, Giants are two and two now. Yeah, yeah. who knows yeah. what they are? Who knows what they are? Um, yeah. As far as contenders, not contenders. Yeah, Daniel Jones does look really, really good. So yeah, yeah. we just gotta get my bad. Good. 
good for him as well to be good for him yeah, yeah no absolutely no, and, good and for him my bad you as know, well because... i did not see this i told this i, I told this to somebody the other day because uh <laughs> he was like rubbing it rubbing it in my face like you know didn't you say that daniel jones wasn't gonna be any good and i was like i didn't say that i said i didn't like him as a prop but... some somebody here said daniel jones would be taken with the sixth overall pick by the new york giants but i don't yes, know anything I know. about simon that. loves being right doesn't he chris <laughs> Right? Nothing he likes he more should try in the world more. than being right. I, I mean, I never mention it. I just like to keep it under <laughs> my hand. I'm the English guy. Everybody thinks I don't know what I'm talking about, so I have to try harder. Yeah. But yeah, Daniel Jones, you know, I, and this is what I tell people. Sometimes guys actually come into their own in the NFL and show things that they haven't shown on film in college. And it's just the way it is. And he's looked good, man. He looks great. Every time I've seen him, and I've seen a lot of him, because I've seen he's always on at that 4 o'clock game, so you get to see a lot of him. And good Lord, he can play. He looks good. Making all the throws, doing it with his feet. Looks like he's in command in that huddle, and they win games. So, and, you know, he did beat Jameis Winston and, and the boys, and Jameis Winston and the boys just hung 55 on the Rams. So, yes, 55 points. By the way, what that that Donovan Smith hit on Marcus Peters is one of the most ferocious hits I've ever, oh I think God, I've ever seen. Them. Yes, I mean it's absolutely horrendous. It's it's sickening to to watch. And that game, by the way, what a game! Oh my God! I know. Yeah, good for. What? I mean, good for the good for the Buckeyes. It was sad to hear that that um, Jason Lick's father had died on on Saturday mm-hmm. Saturday evening, and, and, and great, you know, that the story that Bruce Harris told of them FaceTiming Jason Lick in Nebraska after the game and players in tears and stuff. That, that that's a good moment. Bruce Harris is a good coach. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that there's you know, that's not a massively talented team. And yet, you know, Ronald Jones looked like a good player yesterday. Um they've got good tight ends, Brait's a good player. And our OJ boy, Howard has disappeared. They're a missed field goal from being three and one. Field goal, three and one. Exactly. Hey, Adamica Suit was he did he look fast or what? He was running a yeah, really fast. Oh man, story. yeah. But that defense, you know, Levante Carlton Davis looks good. Levante David is clearly a good player. Mm-hmm. They're doing this without Devin Wyatt as well. Shaq Barrett obviously just blowing up all over the place. You know, offensively, Ali Marpet is still one of the best guards in the NFL. There, you know, Mike Evans, um, uh, Godwin had a really big game yesterday and has, uh, has really turned up this season. So yeah, kudos to the kudos to the Buccaneers and to Bruce Arians. Yeah, I thought they played Absolutely. really well. I think that those 517 yards, yes, 517 yards that Jared Goff threw for. A lot of that was window dressing and the Bucks playing a little soft with that big lead down the stretch. So, well, on the way out, uh, can I get you guys to agree? Vontae's perfect suspension for the year. You agree with it, Simon? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, this must be about his tenth or eleventh. I mean, his just 18th, you, just actually okay. his eighteenth transgression and fine in the NFL. There's, there's 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 no place for that in this game. There's no place. Mm-hmm. In all seriousness, you look back at, you know, I know we sort of laugh about Antonio Brown. You look back to that hit that Antonio Brown took from Perfect yeah. in the playoffs, or was it the playoffs? Was it the last week of the season, three or four years ago? I don't think yeah. Antonio Brown has been the same human being since that hit. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that probably seems hyperbolic, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's no place for there's no place for that. Yeah, that looked like the 1960s. There's no place for that in this game. None yeah, at it was all. a complete cheap shot. Guy's on his knee. To- a total cheap shot. You can push him. You don't have to. You don't have to throw a, a, a forearm at his head, and then come in all hot with with your helmet too. So yeah, it was a cheap shot, and it was his reputation. If it were anybody else, he probably loses a game and a and an entire game check. I would say 
But since it mm-hmm. is him, and it is his 18th transgression and fine in the NFL, yeah, man, you're gone for the year, period. You should be gone for good, frankly. Well, I tend to, you know, uh, I don't He know. probably is gone for good anyway, but. Yeah, he yeah. probably Oak. is gone for good. I just don't like, reality, by the way. I just don't like ending way. people's careers, you know, and their, their well, way Oakland, of Oakland, the surprise, two yeah. and two? Or is that... I think so, yeah. They look really good, too. They look Ooh, really yeah. good. Whenever Derek Carr plays well, that team's mm-hmm. good, period. And Josh G- Jacobs is the real deal, although he didn't get the ball enough, I thought, in his last game. Because there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of a- AFC teams that are two and two. Yeah. I mean, the entire AFC South is two and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, three out of the four teams in the AFC West are two and two or better. But I think it's it's way too crowded at 0 and 4, and it makes me uncomfortable. Mm, me too. All well, right. there's also the 0 and 3 Jets. Oh, God. So. <laughs> I forgot about them. We didn't even mention and, them. And Sam Darnold's spleen is yes. not cooperating. <laughs> That's not good, man. Whenever you hear stuff like that, because yeah. it means we're who away from starting? Oh, my God. Luke? Fuck. Or is he dead too? He might be dead. I don't know. If he's he not took dead a already, huge then. Hit and he was out for the game in that other game, right? So. He's taking a lot in his career. They signed David Fowles and they cut him straight away, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So he might be back. Oh, you know what? I have faith in David Fowles to win a game. So I'm not concerned anymore. Not with the Jets. <laughs> All right. You, this is a meaty episode, guys. You got everything you want. You even got NFL talk. All right. That's it. There is no more. We will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Hey, this is Seth Levitt, who you may not know. And O.J. McDuffie, who you definitely know. And we're getting ready to dive back into the fish tank. That's right, Drew. Season 2 of the Fish Tank Podcast right here on the 5 Reasons Sports Network kicks off on Tuesday, August 6th with our biggest catch yet. Hall of Famer, Jason Taylor. I got the first hit in, and then he proceeded to, to grab my face mask. And he I swear to God, I've never seen anybody throw so many uppercuts <laughs> in so little time. And he hit me in my stomach, my solar plexus, and my esophagus. But it was like it was like it was on a, like a boomerang. Like I just kept boomeranging. But the whole time he was holding my face mask and my head couldn't move. Hey, bobblehead. Sw- like this was boomerang before boomerang he was even out on phones. So don't miss JT, OJ, DJ Preach, and myself. And all new guests. And most importantly, more of the best Miami Dolphins stories that you've never heard. Exactly, Big Seth. We've got an amazing lineup of your favorite Dolphins from guys I play with to guys I looked up to and even some players you'll be cheering for this season. Hey, hey, don't forget those of us who work behind the scenes Yeah, hey, you too. know I won't do that, man, because the Fish Tank takes you where no other Dolphin podcast can with some of the funniest, wildest, and most interesting stories of what goes on with your favorite team, players, and coaches when the cameras aren't watching. You can find the Fish Tank on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you do your podcast listening. So subscribe and start downloading today. Thanks for diving in. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off 
at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.